0: Welcome to Bible Insights with Wayne Conrad. The entrance of God's words give light, and they impart understanding to the simple. Today's topic, the healing of a paraplegic. Have you ever met a paraplegic? Perhaps you're not sure what a paraplegic is. But a paraplegic is a person with the inability to voluntarily move the lower parts of the body. In other words, the person has lost the ability uh, to stand and to walk, or maybe even to move what's below the waistline. Now, I happen to live with a paraplegic because I happen to be one at this stage in my life. As a person who had polio when he was an infant, uh, I now have the effects of post-polio syndrome, and one of those effects is the beginning to lose your ability to do things. And so, a few years ago, I lost my ability to stand and my ability to walk. Uh, But I still have other abilities for which I give thanks to God. But this particular miracle of Christ, which is the third sign given to us in the Gospel of John, that Jesus is the Messiah. Now, these were signs that he began to give after he finished his first phase of ministry in Judea and came back to Galilee. But now on this third sign, he has gone back to Jerusalem because he's at the temple area. And perhaps he's gone there for one of the feast celebrations. And John tells us what happened on that particular day. I'm reading from John the Gospel of John, and here is the sign. Now, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, it doesn't matter whether Jerusalem is north or south of where you live. The Bible always speaks of going up to Jerusalem because it's where the temple was, and the temple was where God's presence was on earth uh, in the Holy of Holies. So, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool. in Aramaic, it's called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades, as porches, in other words. And in these lay a multitude of invalids. Now notice it says a multitude of invalids, described here as the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. Now one man was there who had been an invalid that's a person disabled by illness, for 38 years. So for 38 years, he has been an invalid and specifically a paraplegic, one unable to walk or to move his legs. And when Jesus saw him lying there and knew, Jesus knew, that he had already been there for a long time, he said to them, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water stirred up. And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Now, notice that Jesus asked him this question, do you want to be healed? Not because the man did not want to be healed, because it was obvious that the man wanted to be healed. That's why he was brought every day to this pool. Because the belief was that at certain times an angel of the Lord came down and stirred the water and the ones first to get into the water would be instantly healed. And so for years and years someone had brought him but when the water was stirred he couldn't get there fast enough because he was having to use his arms to drag himself to the water but he could never make it in time. Obviously he wanted to be healed and obviously he tried the best he could to get to the waters so that he might could be healed when the water was stirred. Why did Jesus ask him that question? Well, Jesus asked him this question so that the man would spell out what his obstacle was. And his obstacle was that he had no one to help him. Because you see, this The purpose of every one of Jesus' miracles is not simply to heal the sick or to bring about restoration to the lame. No, it's to point people himself to him, to him as God's messenger, to him as God's Messiah, to him as the Savior, the Deliverer, and the Redeemer. So he wanted the man to know what was the obstacle Because Jesus is now going to remove that obstacle because he is going to be the one who helps him. So Jesus said to him these simple words, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. Now I want you to notice because people often misuse these scriptures. Jesus did not tell the man, now try to get up and walk. He didn't tell him that. The man didn't have to try because he was healed instantly by the power of the word that Jesus spoke. Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once, the scripture says, the man was healed. That is, he was restored. That is, his legs suddenly came alive. The flesh came back. The muscles began to act. The man could get up. He took up his bed, and he walked. He is healed miraculously. Now this is the third sign. But why, why do we call these signs? Why, why does John call them signs specifically? Well, we can look at Isaiah 35 and Matthew 11 for the answer to that question. Here's Isaiah chapter 35. Is speaking about God as being the redeemer of his people. And it says, behold, your God, in verse 4, will come. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. In other words, these are signs of the Messiah, and that this is a true interpretation. Look at Matthew chapter eleven. Here is where John the Baptist, remember, who is a witness to Christ, who is a witness to the signs that the Father gave that Jesus was the Christ, and sealed him by the Holy Spirit. But he's in prison, languishing in prison, and perhaps he's wondering why. Why am I here? Why hasn't God intervened in my life? But and the poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who is not offended by me. And they went away and told John the Baptist those words, and he knew then that Jesus is definitely the one who was acting as the Messiah. So Jesus says to this paralytic, Get up, take up your bed and walk, and at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. But now John adds a very somber note. Now that day was the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath is the fourth commandment that says you should not do any work in this time span. We call it 24 hours, but it's from the one evening to the next evening. No work. That's what the command is. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath. It's not law for you to take up your bed. Now now notice, they were not marveling that the man had been healed, that miraculously he was able now to get up and walk, to carry his bed, to be whole again. No, they're focusing on, this is a breach of the Sabbath commandments. It's not lawful for you to do this. I assume they wanted him to lay down on his bed and quit walking, but he answered them, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. And they asked him, well, who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. And afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. And he said to him, see, you're well, sin no more, that nothing else, nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. Now let me stop and think about what Jesus has said, because it's very important. The Sabbath. There's a mention of a rest. God took a rest Literally, that's what it says in Genesis chapter 2, beginning verses 1 through 4. His work of creation is ended. It's perfect. The earth is perfect. Mankind is perfect. It's beautiful, and it's very good. And his work is ended. That's what Sabbath means. He's ended, and now it's the rest of completion. But the rest of Eden was broken by man's sin and rebellion, leading to God's new work of redemption. And notice what Jesus is saying. He is not denying that he has worked in the sense that he told the man to get up and walk, and he healed him, but he is saying that the Father is working with him on the Sabbath day, because it's the Father's will to bring salvation to those whom he has chosen. But now the text goes on to say in verse 18 of of John, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him because he was breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So this is how the Jews translated what was going on. They said, hmm, Jesus is a Sabbath breaker. And then the next thing they said, hmm, Jesus is a blasphemer. This is all found in John chapter five. So the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Notice they weren't just seeking to stop him. They had murderous intent in their hearts. They want to kill him because he was breaking the Sabbath as far as they were concerned. And he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, Jesus comes back to this later when he's again in Jerusalem at the Feast of Booze in John chapter 7. He refers back to this miracle that he did in the healing of the paralytic. John seven twenty one reads, And Jesus said to them, I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision. Not that it was from Moses, but from the fathers, that is, from Abraham. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. In other words, you cut off the foreskin of the man or the infant on the eighth day, even if it falls on the Sabbath day. Well, that's a work. If if on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, why are you angry with me? Because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well. Do not judge my appearance, but judge with the right judgment. Jesus admits that what he did was to tell the man to get up and walk. The man got up and walked. But that's not breaking the Sabbath as God's intended it, because it's a restoration of the man. And God's intent that we would rest given in the Sabbath commandment of old was so that we would stop and be able to think about what God the creator has done and rest from our labor. But God had to pick up work again because of man's sin and Jesus is doing the work of God. And so, yes, he heals on the Sabbath. And in fact, even the Jews would rescue an animal that fell in a ditch on the Sabbath. Jesus, on another time, talks about that. The Sabbath commandment, which you see, was a sign that God gave to the Jewish nation the, the covenant that he had cut with them. That's the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant, which is no longer in effect. But Jesus himself is our Sabbath because by trusting in him, we enter into the Sabbath rest of God where we cease from our works and we depend solely upon his work to redeem us and take us to God. Now, I want you to think about an application of this miracle of Christ with reference to to healing because there are those who believe in healing and certainly God can heal and on occasion God does do miracles of healing. But notice that when Jesus heals this man, at the gate called Beautiful. He's only one man, though there are a multitude of people there, the scripture says, there were blind and lame and paralyzed. Jesus did not heal them all. He only healed this one man. Now, why did he do that? Because it was God's selective, sovereign will fulfilling his elected, sovereign purpose to heal this one man and not the others at that time. Because the focus must be on the person of Christ, on his purpose, and his glory, not on men, not even on things that God might do for them, but on he himself. Jesus is the healer. He is the one who brings about restoration, and he is the one who gives us spiritual rest, because we rest in His work to bring us to the Father through His own redemptive sacrifice and glorious resurrection on our behalf. This has been Wayne Conrad with Bible Insights. And the next time, remember to keep your eyes on Jesus. What should I remind you?